0: Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne on Global Voice Radio.
1: Join Roxanne Durhage and her thought-provoking conversations, the catalyst to live your life to the fullest. living with Roxanne I have a very very special guest today a dear friend of mine and um, her name is kindy July Gill I hope I've said that correctly she's a CEO from the UK and uh, in the past she's been responsible for over 3,000 people in leadership and empowerment she's now a revolutionary facilitator in a, a method a Dalian method um, or health and consciousness and when she's the founder of Spark Expansion Consulting, something that I've tried and I can tell you that I'm, uh, I, I'm blown away by some of the changes I've seen in myself. Skin, Kindy specializes in family transformation for busy leaders and executives, helping them to find a, a peaceful presence at home and at work. She helps the clients find silence, the source of stressors, triggers, sorry, and conscious bias, judgment, anger, and fears. Her overall objective is to free people from themselves so they can meet the challenge of experiencing home life and work life in expansive, abundant ways. Thank you, Kendi, for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Roxanne. Not a problem. So that's a fascinating story going from CEO to now transformational uh, coach and already, like to hear a little bit about that process and and kind of how you you got from there to here.
2: (laughs) It wasn't something I expected um, because obviously as children we have ideas about what we want to do in life and for me it was very clear that I wanted to use my skill set. I was extremely mathematical, very logical and able to achieve goals relatively easily. And I remember flicking through the career books and thinking, what am I going to do? And it felt like chartered accountancy is something I ought to be pursuing. And from that, I went into management consultancy, and then I became a finance director for a business, and for the same business, became their chief executive. And was in that industry for about 20-odd years, 17 years in the same company. And when I was approaching my 40th birthday, a number of reasons for why I ended up exiting from that company, but there was a sense of um, completion. Like for example, my life in, and the career that I had had and the extreme stress that I carried during that time as a chief executive, I felt like those days were over and my time as a leader in industry was over. And really it was, More appropriate for me to put my energy into my home life and my family life. But I wasn't to know that I'm going to go full circle and look to help people again at some point. Because when I started working in the home environment, so to speak, I found that it was a lot tougher to be able to lead with ease and a lot tougher to be able to create that harmony that is easier to achieve in the boardroom or in the workplace because people come into the workplace for a job and there is an exchange, they're getting cash or some benefit in exchange for their services. They have a bigger picture in mind about their responsibility that they have for the company. But in the home, um, a lot more happens that is that drives the triggers, a lot more honesty about the things that cause us stress get revealed um, and our wounds surface. And I just found myself in this mire of situations where I really wanted to be able to create the peace and harmony at home. And I wanted to understand why it was eluding me. And so therefore, a lot of work started to happen, which was around um, the judgments and the arguments and the differences of opinion and the clashes that arise. And at at those early stages, all I was looking to do was to improve my family life. Mm. I had no intention of doing anything beyond that. But because the power of the Dalian method that we ended up using in our home was so extremely potent, it, it just seemed more appropriate at a certain point down the path to start sharing the beauty of this method with other people. And hence, I found myself in the transformation industry, now helping to lead and empower people in a brand new way, but in a way that really energizes them, motivates them. So like I feel the circle came back round to the original start point, And now the benefit I'm bringing for people is exponentially powerful than it would have been when I was actually a chief exec. So interesting, right? So, you know, having also been an executive,
1: what, it kind of sounds like, you know, as a CEO, you kind of get things done, right? You kind of go in and you lead and, you know, everybody kind of, are supposed to do what you do, what what they need to do because of what you're putting out in a day. But it sounds like at home, it really kind of puts you at a different space because we can go to work sometimes 10, 12 hours and be able to prolong that persona in order to achieve Mm -hmm. what we need to. But at home, it's a little bit different, right? It's almost like we drop our guard when we walk through the door. And then,
2: you know, the real kindy or the real Roxanne comes out. Would would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, you call this authentic living. And what is true for most of us, I don't know how honest everybody is about it, but what is true for most of us that when we come into the home environment, we don't have as much energy or as much resource available, really, for the people that are around us. Mm -hmm. And we are so comfortable in their presence but sometimes our emotional intelligence or the guard that helps to keep us emotionally intelligent in the workplace, that falls away. And we have more of our own needs that come to the surface. So in a work environment, you know what your role is, you know what you're being asked to do, you know what your objectives are, you're fulfilling that vision. So there's a responsibility that you have to other people. Whereas in the home environment, you go back to a little bit like the child that was being nurtured and looked after and raised and given and given and given. There's a part of us when we come into the home environment when we suddenly expect to receive and we, re- we expect to be nurtured. And those expectations drive a lot of the clashes. So tell me, because from a, from a psychotherapist's point of
1: view, Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the term triggers all the time, right? Yeah. And I know how we address it in the field. So I'm curious, you know, um, you know in, in psychotherapy or psychology, we teach people to identify it. We teach them how to kind of understand what they say to themselves and how their behavior gets impacted. So tell me how the Dalian method is different or um, bigger, of, of a bigger scope in reference to some of the things that I'm, I'm talking about
2: here. So everything that you're describing is a great start point because you need to be aware of your interaction with another human being.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: the first point is when, we, when you're talking about getting somebody to understand that, that a trigger arose, that's a start point,
0: mm-hmm.
2: an argument or a set of tears or a difference of opinion, there's, there's a clash of some sort that's arisen. So with the Dalian method, what it does is it avoids using the mind at all. Hmm. So in psychotherapy, obviously, we're engaging the mind to assist us in understanding how we got triggered. But with the Dalian method, it says, okay, let's not start there because a lot of what the ego mind is, is made up of is a whole history of circumstances and experiences that it's got bottled up that have led to a load of conclusions. Mm -hmm. And those conclusions are driving our uh, subjectivity, our objectivity, our judgment, our perception, our expectation, our need, like it drives all of that. So what the Dying Method says is let's not start there because the problem actually is in the mind itself because it's the one that has the judgment and it's the one that has a certain bias but more understand where that bias came from in the cells of your body. And it's not just curious about where did it come from, so there we've, therefore we've got a rational explanation for why the trigger arose. It goes one step under and says, okay, so we now know where it came from, but underneath that, why did you have to why did you have to have had that experience or that conclusion in your particular life and what was the ultimate lesson behind that conclusion or trigger that you're being shown and then once you get into the ultimate lesson consciousness sets you free through self-awareness because the lesson is the unique message that helps you to understand yourself. And if, bottom line, if we knew who we are, if we ultimately knew who we are inside, we would not get triggered by any other human being hmm. because we would actually know that we're full of certain qualities that can never be taken away from us. So all That's the triggers around- That's That's very, very unique perspective
1: because again, you know, me with the hat that I, you know, have, have worn, um, and having tried this, of course, I'm not conscious what I went through other than I know it really helped me. Yeah. Um, but what we often say in, in, in our field is that you'll get triggered till the day you die. That's something that you hear psychotherapists and psychologists say all the time, but yeah. you're actually saying the opposite. You're saying
2: if I come into who I really am, then mm-hmm. I will be triggerless. That's right. You get, to, you get to a point where you take responsibility for everything that belongs to you. And the truth is, I mean, I've been working with the Dalian Method since 2008. So, you know, close to, in fact, uh, yeah, just over nine years now. And the truth is that the concepts and the topics and the things that triggered me nine years ago don't even touch me now. And insi- inside, in my belly area, is this sort of very spacious piece that progressively has just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, when a new trigger arises, immediately I know that inside that trigger is another lesson that I need to learn. Hmm. And I'm willing to go and delve and look for it um, because the process is so mathematically mathematical. It will always give you the, it will always give you the awareness to understand what your particular lesson is. But if I'm in a peaceful state and the world is running around me outside of me and I'm just watching it as an observer and nothing's touching me, I'm in my center, I'm in my core, I have a closer attachment to who I am and, ev- and all of life is just progressing in that way. So in a way you become a watcher. You become a very, very acute witnesser yes. okay. of all the events around you. Mm-hmm. And those that f- cause you to flare up or be judgmental or to be triggered are the clues to the fact that there's a part of you that you haven't yet seen. Wow. So
1: when you say that, okay, I guess the maybe the viewers will want... I know the question I have is, so like... How many sessions does it take? Is that a fair question? Yeah, yeah. How long is it? Those types of yeah. things. Because I, I, you know, I'm not sure you know, if it's a long-term thing or if it's, is
2: it my um, issue? Those types of things, if you can share yeah. that. Okay, so, so the question about how long is it and how many sessions, um, again, varies, right? So there's a version for adults and then there's a version for young adults, one for teenagers and one for children. Okay. As you go through the entire family spectrum, as you get into a younger and younger age group, the method length gets shorter and shorter and shorter,
0: hmm.
2: even though mathematically it's still doing the same thing.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so the, the good news with that is that even though as parents we worry about some of our own personality traits and that we may have passed them on genetically to our children, they can be helped from as young as hmm. five years old upwards. The second part of your question is the method has been created in a way where it is very simple to self use. So so the idea is that over time, our need to find a therapist outside of us will fall away because we will know exactly how to assist ourselves and tap back and claim back our own power. So that's the second point. And then the third point is how many sessions. So what I've found is that we've had a variety of types of clients. I'm a facilitator of this method. I got trained back in 2015 with adults first then with um, teenagers and then with children. And what I find is it depends on what age group we're looking at. Some of my older clients, maybe those that are like in their fifties or late sixties or sort of in that age group, are so blown away by the potency of the Dalian method and how quickly it eradicates old history and just re-energizes you into a new state that a lot of those clients didn't want to let go of the facilitation part because it was like, hang on a minute, I've just done more work in one session that took us an hour and a half to do, but it takes an hour and a half of the session and about an hour to educate you as to how to use it. So I did more work in two and a half hours than I have in the last decade. Mm-hmm. So those people go, okay, I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper, which is exactly how I was. So I was around 42-ish years old when I first came across the Dalian method and I worked directly with my Dalian. And even though I didn't understand after my first session what had actually happened, I knew innately inside me that I felt completely different. And then when I went back again later on in 2009, and I think my second session was around um, eight months later, I got a better understanding of what consciousness was doing and how I was being set free from my own monkey mind. And the power of it, Roxanne, was so big that I made a commitment to myself that anything that now happens in my life that causes me some sort of heartache or upset or judgment or, or trigger... I would be a fool to keep those qualities when now I have a liberating process that can set me free. And so a combination of two things began to happen. One was that I would either work directly with Madda and experience the Dalin method with her, or once the, the, the self-healing version of it got created, which was in 2014, it was formally introduced to the world. Then from then onwards, I knew that I had a self-sufficient way to help myself too. And this is what applies to everybody um, that's listening to this, is that initially, clearly, you want to be taught how. And if you would like to be shown how to ride the bike and somebody sort of holds your hand through that process, makes it a lot easier, then people like myself are there to facilitate that for you. But over time, you get liberated to know how to do this work on your own and maintain it. And the speed at which you go is your own pace. The regularity with which you actually experience the session is also at your own pace. It can be six months apart or eight months apart, or it can be shorter periods of like six weeks apart. Hmm. But but for each person, it becomes a different length. Interesting. So really, you know, I
1: can kind of think of people that have been trying to create change. And we know what we know about talk therapy with neuroscience, is that there's so much more need to include the body, right? So cognitively, yeah. um, you know, we can talk about thoughts and and feelings, but what was glaringly missing in the field was the use of you know the body. And there's been a lot of uh, therapies that have come about since some you know the different me- methods like EMDR or sensory motor. So this sounds like this is even a deeper when you talk mm-hmm. consciousness. I guess you know if you can explain or give an example of that, I, I, I think that's the question I have in my mind. Like, how do you
2: know that you're a deeper consciousness? Okay, so first of all, yes, there's loads of great modalities and um, it might sound biased and a little bit arrogant for me to say this, but I'm saying it from a place of knowing rather than a place of sort of being egotistical about it, that the Dalian method is almost like that cherry on the top. It's like that 1200 carat diamond. And there's only, there's only one that's been discovered in the last 100 year, years. And that diamond was actually found by a Vancouver-based mining company. So I find it really funny in some ways that Mada is based in Vancouver and she's created a method that has the same level of purity as a rare diamond like that. Hmm. So what and why the method is so extremely potent is because it's very bonded like all these a lot of modalities will have an aspect about like bringing the body in or releasing an emotion or it may have an aspect to do with like finding the original imprint so there's an element of release that's arising or some modalities like um, EFT they're even attempting to help grow your awareness and you're tapping in new ways of living what what the Dian method does is it says, we already know that you are pure. We already know that you're totally abundant. We already know that you're full of love. We already know that you are consciousness, which is all of these qualities. And, And because there's a knowing that ultimately all that needs to happen is anything unconscious in you is waiting to be transformed into consciousness and thus light that constitutes any of those facets which and consciousness is all knowing all powerful and at the same time it's capable of limitless creative ideas and it's silent Mm -hmm. so so when it so the diane method works with that premise that it knows every human being is that and so there is nothing to be added to you to help you to awaken to your own consciousness all that needs to happen is anything that's unconscious in you that you're blind to that acts as a blind spot that that acts as an area where you're not aware that it's still running inside you like an like like a virus program all that needs to happen is that needs to be transformed back to its nature of light so really what you're coming from is is from a
1: place of fullness absolutely so it's almost like you know you're saying to the you know I often say with when we you know see people we see children they are you know, perfect in their entirety coming into the world. But it's almost like we, we rub away the shininess and then they, they kind of get kind of um, blunted or, or, or dull by life. So that's basically what you're saying is like, we are whole, we are conscious, we are abundant, we are full. But we, don't know, yeah. but we, don't, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't think like that. They think yeah. that something's wrong with me if there's been violence or if there's
2: been abuse of any sort. They think that something's wrong with them. Yes, and all of us can't, cannot ever hear these concepts and say, I get it, mm-hmm. because that's not a knowing. A knowing is an experience of that. So like, mm-hmm. for example, if I was to say to you, um, I, I know that I can dive into the deep end of a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Now, that knowing comes from a previous experience where I've dived into the deep end of a swimming pool Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and I know that I'm not going to drown and I know that I can swim and I know that I can cope and I can tread water. So it's a knowing that comes from an experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same is with the Dalian method. So as you grow in consciousness of all of these facets of yourself, you get to experience that knowing of you inside you. It isn't a theory that somebody is describing to you and saying that you are love. It is a physical knowing of this well of love inside you that is just abundantly sharing and there's no end to it. You get to experience these qualities.
1: So I know you've shared before in other conversations with me um, yeah, a bit about Mata and kind of like, like she's, um, you know, she can... X-ray people or get a sense, right? So I, I think I found that very fascinating. So if you if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about kind of the process that she went through and a bit about how it got developed, because I think that to me was very fascinating. I'm gonna assume that the, it would be the same for the listeners.
2: Um yes, because I mean I can't be talking about this quality of purity mm-hmm. and this quality of potency unless this method has come from somebody that's reached the peak of where we can reach as human beings. So Mada came from Armenia and um, she, I think originally was sort of around the Montreal area. I'm not quite sure, but I think it was around the Montreal area that she first arrived in Canada. And she dropped her education because she had been trained as a teacher and had done, I think she had done a degree in architecture and as a teacher, but very quickly fell into the hands at around age 24, Uh, of a woman who acted like a bit of a mentor that gave her a book from a mystic in India called Osho. Okay. And it was a book about um, socialism. And this book basically like blew her mind because the contents of it had so much truth in it about the country that she had just left. And so that intrigued her to understand more about this mystic and at the age of 24, she became very, very devoted to meditating, to, to, the, um, to the path of self-discovery. Hmm. And at the very young age, when she was about five years old, um, she had watched her grandfather die. And somehow, cognitively, she understood that he, if he's just died and life is continuing on without him today, that means I'm going to die. And life is going to continue on without me, too. Hmm. So at the age of five, she immediately came to that awareness that said, So if I'm gonna die and I'm only here for a short while, then what am I doing here? Who am I? And why am I here?
1: At five. At five. Wow. So she
2: asked those potent questions at that age. Who am I? And that's the ultimate question for all of us to ask. Who am I? And so So her energy was already channeled into wanting to know more about herself and to wanting to discover who she really was. And so she fell into the hands of this amazing, amazing mystic and (coughs) the work that he had created, he'd created some very, very practical tools, um, active meditations (coughs) to help you to get the experience of knowing who you are. And so at the age of 33, she became enlightened and had the same awakening experience that the Buddha had when he was on the planet. <clears throat> so at that point now, she knows who she is. So wow. her, her quest has been, uh, her, her <clears throat> like, dying question has been solved. But, but of course, she's only 33 years old. Wow, well, so she's quite young at this point still. That's <clears throat> right. And so after that, it became, okay, so now I know who I am. So I still am in this world. So what am I going to do next? It's like, okay, hands up. What am I doing next? And this is where she was reunited with her childhood gift. And her childhood gift is like, you know how the two of us are having a conversation right now? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Even as the listeners are listening to me, they're hearing my words, but there'll be another conversation happening inside about what they're hearing. Right, right. So from a child, Amada could always hear the inside <clears>
0: conversation.
2: Of what you're not saying. Of what you're not saying. Like for <laughs> I example, mean, I'm just making this up. So like you could have an aunt that comes to visit and on the surface she's saying, you know, hi hi, sweetheart, really happy to see you. But inside she's saying, I'm really tired, I'm really exhausted, get <sighs> out of my way. Right. right. So a could hear the insincerity of the outside conversation. Hmm. And hear the truth of the inside conversation wow and so when she became enlightened she was reunited with that gift which is a bit bizarre to be able to hear this other stuff going on side and and the insincerity of all of that so she wanted to understand what are these thoughts people are having and why are they even there and how can we turn these thoughts into conscious light And that's how she began to experiment with what she was hearing. And soon she was able to see as well inside people and the combination of being able to hear and see inside people. And then it became that she was very empathic. And so she could feel what was happening inside us too. So the combination of all those three things helped her to create this mathematical formula of releasing the debris that's inside, that's forming that conversation inside. And getting to the point where it gets turned into conscious light, and unity begins to unfold.
1: I mean, like I said, it sounds it sounds fascinating. So, yeah. I'm just curious. Can you kind of give us a, a sense of the some of the steps? Like, let's say um, someone comes in, what should they expect? I'm going to assume that you know um i know prior to me meeting you i had no idea about any of this yeah. um and i so for the average person that probably has seen a coach has seen a, a psychotherapist has seen a psychologist kind of like what's how does this kind of compare or i mean not that we're trying to compare and contrast but just what what is the what should they exper- uh, expect of the experience if they were to uh come in or, or have a, a an online session with you
2: okay so um, first of all there's a, a short amount of time spent understanding the person's story okay. so that's, that's the cognitive conversation the one that they might have with a psychotherapist or somebody else too so a very short about, uh, amount of the appointment is allotted to that and there's a pre formula that gets sent out to the prospective client on how to prepare for that and what uh, what to how to keep the focus on the right matters And so once that conversation has been had, now what is more important is to understand why that life circumstance is taking place and what it is that that person needs to see or learn about themselves to set themselves free from that life circumstance.
0: So,
2: So the end result of the session is always a growth in awareness. So they discover something about themselves. It is accompanied with deep relaxation that stays with them. And the growth in awareness will bring in a new understanding as to how to interact in the world. Hmm. And that new understanding becomes automatic. So it may not be a conscious change,
1: but it may just be something that you're finding from that inner peace. You're interacting in a different way with the world.
2: Yes, because the consciousness has already come in during the session. So, what will happen is that your behavior will match your new awareness. And for a short while, it will feel like, wow, I'm doing this that I wasn't doing this before. And for a while, you'll keep noticing it. And then as the weeks progress, it just gets integrated as your new way of living. Mm. And so, and then this new way of living is just who you are. So, I'll give you an example. I'll use one from my daughter, and then I'll use one from a client. So my youngest daughter, um, at the time, was only nine years old, and was afraid to read out aloud
0: mm. in a classroom.
2: And so she had visited Mada and had had a child session with Mada, and the fear of reading out aloud was removed. So people often say you know feel the fear and do it anyway Mm -hmm. but sometimes the fear is so intense that your ability to act on the do it anyway is not going to arise you're paralyzed in that fear so her ability to speak up in a classroom was fairly non-existent and after this session what happened was I think the session was only an hour long for a child then Mara gave her a book and asked her, asked her to read out aloud. At the end of the session. Yeah. <clears throat> Amazing. And Safran still remembers that moment where the book was handed to her and suddenly her ability to string the sentences together in a fluid uh-huh. way was just there. So this is the behavioral change, it arose instantly once the awareness had come in and she had broken the cycle of the trap that she was in where she was afraid to speak out aloud mm-hmm. so that's a small example but it helps you to understand how the behavior shifts instantly
1: which is refreshing right because i think of you know some people with you know complex trauma mm. um you know like violence and and you know sexual abuse and those types of things i mean those clients live with so much pain right yeah so yes. just the, the thought that that could be um cleared in a short period of time i think is is, is refra- it just i mean it, it lights my heart up to
2: be even perceive that as being a possibility Kindi. that's right and so many people talk about miraculous results and the truth is most that experience the dalian method use that phrase this was miraculous the outcome of this was nothing short of miraculous. It becomes a very typical phrase. And I know that more and more people that get to use this method, the days will go when we're even perceiving that certain transformation is miraculous, because they'll see it just unfold under their nose. Well, I I mean, it's, and just hearing that, I, I can just
1: imagine for anybody that has those things that they've you know, kind of cycled through and gone back over and over again, you know, it, it, that would be something that I, I'm thinking, wow, uh, to be able to shift something that can be that
2: entrenched in someone, I think would be, would be a, truly a gift. That brings me to the example that uh, I wasn't sure which client example I was going to use, but it seems like it's the appropriate one. So I had a client that had been seeing a therapist for two years, um, had been getting some counseling help, and the issue was that she had been abused as a child, and um, and the abuse had happened from family members, as often it is the case. And at the end of our session together, she understood why the abuse had happened. She understood the lesson that it was designed to teach her, and she also felt forgiveness towards the perpetrators, because she felt that expanded and light. And at the end of that meeting, she said to me, and she looked around at me and she said, I don't need a counselor anymore, do I? Wow, I said, so you know
1: on average it takes, it takes years and years.
2: She'd um, been seeing when... somebody for two years. Yes, absolutely. And this, was, and this was her first session with the Dalian Method. And there's a point where you go into the back of your head and the past life trauma and history around the experience resurfaces, And then when we move further on into the method, it takes you into your third eye, which will then awaken you to your knowing and your lesson behind the experience. It was so profound for me to watch the learning that she had as a result of that, that some, and it's gonna sound bizarre, that a a degree of um, not only relaxation, but almost a sense of gratitude for the fact that the experience even arose in the first place because the liberation was so massive that without that pain and hurt, that liberation wasn't going to arise for her. And this is what I mean by unity. Nobody stays in a victim state. Nobody stays in a place where they're experiencing blame or or anger or upset towards another human being. Mm-hmm. You understand your life experiences from a new dimension, and your judgments towards others and perpetrators and all that type of stuff systematically fall away. Now, this particular client had so much happen in one session, her very first session, and I remember her writing back saying that was life changing.
1: Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm listening to this because you and I have never chatted about this in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know how traumatic. Putting context to to abuse outside of yourself, especially when you're younger, it's it's one some of the most difficult um, things that I've seen, unfortunately, as a psychotherapist. And it oftentimes, you know, the perception is the person believes I am depressed, I am suicidal. That becomes their identity, um, you know, versus recognizing that it's a symptom. Right? I I cut or I do this or that because. They, they embody the symptoms and then they forget really that that's not who they are. That's the symptoms
2: that came about from the trauma. So from I think the pain. from yeah. the pain is creating that. And it's the identification that the mind and the ego has to that pain that perpetuates the cycle of what happens in the darkness and the heaviness that comes as a result of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But as soon as a person is able to break the chain to the pain and the identification to the story, and they step outside of it. When they've stepped outside of it, and they see what it was all about, then they're free. Wow,
1: powerful! Like I mean, truly powerful. If you're, you know, um, again, seeing it from the other end, where it it, it takes sometimes very, very long uh, to have people make shifts. But if you're saying that there, that's possible in, in an hour and a half, like you know, amazing. So I'm in awe of this method, as you know, yeah. you, you and I have had conversations just being uh, way together about it and I've shared my experience. So if, if you were to leave a couple of words um, with, with viewers about um, what you do as a transformational coach and this method, what, what, what couple of words would you leave with them about this experience and why it's worth it um, to, to be able to experience this?
2: Um, Well, first of all, I I, I am a mother of three children and the effects of this method on my own psyche and my own life were that dramatic that the only thing I wanted to do was to share it with my three kids Mm. because I did not want them stuck in any cycle of Mm self-sabotage and the inability to trust their own instinct and to do what's best for them and to love themselves in the way that they rightfully should. I didn't want any of those traces left as a result of how I'd raised them. Um, So what I really want to share is as human beings, we deserve for the very best of our life to unfold. Mm -hmm. And many of us get caught up in the pain and the experiences we've, we've been party to without the understanding that the pain is only a small step towards its ultimate purpose. And that small step being that that moment in time has arisen for you to dig deep to find the silver lining. Mm -hmm. And if you look for the silver lining, the only person that gets set free is you. Mm -hmm. So you have absolutely everything to gain nothing to lose by attempting to go through a process like this and the exciting thing is that if there is any part of you that is nervous just be mindful and understand that it is fear that is driving you to be nervous because somewhere there's become a comfort in knowing sort of how to be unhappy and miserable and stay in that zone But sometimes our biggest dread is stepping out of it into a life that has a lot more light in it and a lot more juice in it
1: sometimes the energy that it takes to be unhappy the thought of not using that energy where would it go sometimes that's that's a bit scary kind of staying with what you know versus opening a door to some uh definite possibility or, or enlightenment is is sometimes tough so it's a reality isn't it that's yes, why it is, it is it is so i would love for the viewers to um know how to get a hold of you i you know i I think you're still accepting people to come and see you. Um, and, you know, so let let us know where we can get a hold of you. And um, if they have questions, you know, I would love for them to reach out because I think um, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of questions about this. So let us know where, where people can get a hold of you.
2: Okay. So in terms of reaching me, um, I have a website and on that website, I have a phone number on there so people can make phone calls and talk to me. I offer at least a 30-minute consultation. Often it runs up to about 45 minutes, complimentary to talk through somebody's issue so that they can quickly see how they can help themselves and and how something could be facilitated to move them along on their journey. Also on the website, which is www, and it's in my name, hindigill.com. So that's K-I-N-D-I-G-I-L-L.com. On that site, I have a small download, too, which helps people to see at a cognitive level the five key concepts that need to be managed and addressed in order to have more of a happy and loving and fulfilling and peaceful life. And so that's available as a free download, too. Awesome. Well, Kindi, thanks so much.
1: I've learned so much more. I felt like I'd had enough conversation, but obviously there's a lot more for me to, to learn about, about this method. And um, obviously it's bringing light in the world, which is what a, what a nice place to be, to be able to be honored, to be able to uh, give this to the world. Thanks so much for being on um, with uh, Authentic Living with Roxanne. I hope that maybe in the future, maybe you can come back, maybe you can come back with Mata. Any possibilities would be great.
0: Fantastic. Uh, I'd love to (laughs) it. Yes.
1: And um, so, for everyone, thanks so much for tuning in uh, for Authentic Living with Roxanne. Uh, If you're needing anything further, uh, you can reach out to me at roxanderhodge.com. Take care. Have a great
2: evening. Bye bye. Thank you, Roxanne. Thank you, everybody out there. Bye bye.
0: Join Authentic Living with Roxanne every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Global Voice Radio.